Welcome again to a love outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. I hope that you are doing well today. Um, earlier this week, a verse of scripture came on or popped into my mind, and what I was thinking about at the time, I can't remember right now, but um, the verse that came onto my mind is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the New Testament in verse 53. So if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles up there, I want to talk about some verses in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. The verse that popped onto my mind, though, earlier this week is, like I said, verse 53, where it says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. But So let's go ahead, like I said, and take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You'll find um, 1 Corinthians in the New Testament section of your Bible. As a matter of fact, while you're turning there and finding that, hopefully you're following along. Um, in case you don't know, the Bible's broken up into two main sections, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament. But within the Bible, you have a total of 66 books that were written by 40 different authors. Uh, it was written over a period of 1,500 years. Um, the books contained in the Bible were originally written in three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. And the books all contain those 66 books written by 40 different authors over 1,500 years, all contain a common storyline. And by the way, they were on three different continents as well. But this, the common storyline is the creation, the fall of man, and the redemption of God's people. And there's a common theme in the Bible as well, and that's God's relentless love for all of humanity. And there's a common message that the Bible relates to us as well, and that's the fact that salvation is available to all who will repent and commit their lives to following the Lord. So again, think about that. 66 different books, 40 different authors, three different languages, a common storyline, a common theme, a common message, and like I said, three different continents over 1,500 years, and it contains no historical errors. It's proven that there's no historical errors in the book. It's an amazing book. And we're just going to look tonight at a very small section of this book, the Bible. And like I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to go ahead and start reading down in verse 35. So 1 Corinthians 15, 35, it says, But someone will say, raised up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Okay, so let's think about those first four verses for a minute. 
Paul here in his letter to the believers in the city of Corinth um, has broached the topic of death here. That's what he's going. That's what he's discussing. And this question that we see in verse 35 there where it says, how are the dead raised and with what body do they come up? This was perhaps a question that the believers had brought to the Apostle Paul, uh, maybe in a previous letter that they wrote to him or via a messenger of some sort. But whatever the reason here, Paul went ahead and brought up this very difficult topic. And he starts out here by using an agricultural analogy, right? He's likening the death of a human body to the planting of a seed that springs forth some other form of life. When you plant weed or flower seeds or hundreds of other different kinds of seeds, whatever it is, into the ground, you are planting something that looks very different than what sprouts up from out of that seed. And just follow along with me here as Paul, as Paul, um, as we read Paul's writing here, right? The seed that goes into the ground has life in it, but the seed itself just dies. You see, we don't plant seeds to get more seeds, though that indeed does happen, right, with many plants, but we plant seeds to get the good stuff that is within the seed out of it. We want the good that comes after the seed has died. Remember, Paul's addressing the topic of death, right? But that is when we reap the fruit, the rewards, the benefits, the pleasures, right? But again, this is just simply an analogy that um, Paul is using to explain death to the ones that are questioning this. The seed that is planted comes up in a better form than what it was before. Something more beautiful, right? And notice there that it says that God gives it a body as he pleases. So each different plant, right? So God indeed is the giver of all life forms, the creator of all that is good. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to read it to you. Verses 11 and 12, it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So that's an account that you'll find in Genesis that talks about what God created, this food that God originally made for us, the seeds that he gave us. And since the people of the Bible times lived more closer to the earth, more closer to the land than a lot of us do today. Paul is using this type of analogy to teach him something, this agricultural analogy, right, of planting this seed. And he continues in verse 39, and he says, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another of fish and another of birds. So now Paul goes from seeds to the physical bodies, right? 
the different various forms of physical bodies that will return to the ground. God has placed various forms of life on the earth, and Paul brings that up here. The bodies of humans, the bodies of animals, the bodies of sea creatures and of birds and such, right? These two are all God's creation, right? But we were created as humans, right? You are not a descendant of animals. That's not how God created things, right? I mean, look, if you want to be, go ahead. If you want to think you are, who am I, right? Who am I? Say, you can lick your paws. You can, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what people do nowadays, right? Go, go pee on a fire hydrant. That's your choice, right? But here on this channel, I'm going to teach you and point you to the Word of God. We're going to look at what the Word of God says, the Bible, and its account of creation, and what God has for us, okay? So, again, I don't mean to be mocking if you do believe something like that, but it's just not what we teach. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So how amazing is all of God's creation, right? You've got things in the heavens, the celestial, you've got things of the earth, the terrestrial, right? Man, we've got mankind, we've got animals, fish, birds. We're all of the earth, and, and we're going to return to the earth. And like a seed that gets planted in the ground and springs forth something better, Paul says in verse 42, he says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. So you see what Paul is teaching here? You see, the day indeed is coming when we will shed these bodies. But there is another body that springs forth in the resurrection. Again, like that seed brings something better, a better form of life. And that's a spiritual body. The corruptible, decaying body in which we now dwell will be no more. But the fact of the resurrection is that we will someday put on an incorruptible body, an eternal body, no more weakness but strong and, and full of power, no more sickness, no more disease, no more pain, no more wrinkles, right? no more decay. We will be raised in glory, and that's a glorious body. Paul quotes in verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So Paul's referring to Jesus there, our resurrected Lord, when he uses the term the last Adam. We are currently in 
this earthly body, a terrestrial body, if you will, right? Uh, made from the dust. And we'll return, this body will return to the dust. But there is a spiritual body that awaits those that have placed their faith in Jesus, right? And Jesus has that body now. And he is a life-given spirit, and we will have eternal life with him. However, verse 46 says the spiritual is not first, but the natural. That's the one we're in now, right? And then afterward, the spiritual. So go back to the seed, right? Being planted in the ground, it's got to die, but new life comes, right? So we're in the old this old body right now, this natural body, but the spiritual body's coming. Verse 47, he says, The first man was of the earth, made of the dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of the dust. So we're like Adam. We take after Adam in this body that we're now in. And as is the heavenly man, that's Jesus, right? so also are those who are heavenly. So that time is coming for us. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, right, Adam, we're like this now, we shall, that is in the future, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now, I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, verse 50 says. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. So again, something has to change about us, doesn't it? There is a new body that we will receive, and Jesus is our example. When he was risen from the dead, he was in a glorified body. When he walked on the earth again, or as we read there in verse 48, we will get that same type of body that Jesus now has. He was, But he was touchable, right? The disciples touched him after he rose from the dead. There was some form of physicality, if you will, to him. They could see him. They could touch him. He was not an invisible spirit. Paul says there in verse 50, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. See, there is an inheritance awaiting us that is a place where, where we are going, the ultimate fulfillment of the kingdom of God. But we won't be in this earthly body when we go. Now, we don't know all that there is to know about that time and what exactly we shall be, the Bible makes it clear to us that we only know a little bit at this present time what God has wanted to reveal to us in the scriptures. In the New Testament book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
So someday indeed we will see Jesus, and when we do, that is when uh, that time comes and we'll know all there is to know. We'll know more at that time. But now we just continue to walk by faith and we know what we know from what is written in the scriptures. But we will have from what we see in the scriptures here tonight, we will have a resurrected, incorruptible body. Verse 51, behold, Paul says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we all but we shall all be changed. That word sleep there is a word that is speaking of death. And not every human being that, that will live will die because there is a day coming that will be the last day, as the Bible refers to it, as Jesus referred to it, the return of Jesus. And it may or not be, it may or may not be in any of our lifetimes, but it is indeed coming. Verse 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, in other words, it will happen quickly. That day is coming. It's the final day. It's a glorious time. If we're alive at that time, we won't know what hit us, but it will be good goes on to say, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So there's that changing. That, that It's not going to be this body. It's going to be changed. We'll be raised incorruptible. So that is, if we're dead at the time of Christ's return, this corruptible body will be resurrected, and we'll be in that glorified body. For this corruptible, it says in verse 53, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So that's the verse that I quoted at the beginning that I said came on my mind earlier this week, and it was cause for me to do this teaching here tonight from this chapter. But what a wonderful day that will be. So when this corruptible, verse 54 says, has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? We don't have to fear death. When that time comes, death will have no sting. There's nothing to fear. If you are a child of God today through faith in Jesus, you will pass from death to eternal life. Thanks be to God, right? Thank you, Jesus, that we have this hope, that we have this future. We don't have to worry about that. We just need to trust in the Lord. The Scripture tells us how wonderful it's going to be. The Scripture tells us how good it is, right? The sting of death is sin, verse 56 says, and the strength of sin is the law. So in other words, sin is the culprit. Sin is why we're going to die in the first place. We are corrupted all of us 
because of sin. The wages of sin is death. We've talked about that in weeks past, right? Verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? How do we get this victory over death through our Lord Jesus Christ? That's what it's about, faith in Jesus. It's that simple. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we gotta keep pressing on by faith, right? You hear me talk about this a lot, I know. Keeping your eyes on Jesus, knowing we're just passing through, and the best is yet to come. It's, it's still gonna spring forth someday, but it's not here, it's not in the here and now. Just like that seed gets put in the ground and dies, but what's good comes out. That's what God has in store for those that love Him, for those that seek Him, for those that come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll stop here for tonight, but let me encourage you to continue to learn from the Word of God. When we do this on a weekly basis like this or whenever we can, um, we just get little tidbits of information that we take out of here. But there's so much to learn, so much that God wants you to know. Again, there's so much that we won't know. We know in part. We're still in this temporary body in this fallen state and, and so much we don't know. But, like I said, I encourage you to, to learn the Word of God. Learn it for yourself. Teach it to your children. Find other, other believers to get together with and hang out with, whatever the case may be. Time is getting shorter for all of us. No, no matter how you slice it, right? Will the Lord return in, in my lifetime? I surely don't know, but I do know that this corruptible body in which I now dwell is fading fast. Time is getting shorter. So again, this is just another exhortation from the Word of God to turn your attention upon the Lord. What He wants you to know, you should want to know. And I encourage you to seek after it and find it in the Word of God. You know, I, I look at what we do like this, where, you know, like just a short thing here on a Wednesday night, about 30 minutes by the time I close this out, right? Imagine if you only fed your physical body one time a week, a very little amount, one time a week. How strong would your physical body be? How much strength would you have? All right. Well, it's the same thing about who you are spiritually. Same principle. Yet you have to feed yourself spiritually with the truth, the truth of the Word of God, and renew your mind on that. Because again, we live in this fallen world that feeds us lies, and our bodies decay, and there's bad all around us. You hear of all the bad and all that. But it's important that 
you know the truth because the truth will make you free, free from the lies, free from sin and death. And the truth is found in the Word of God. So again, we just looked at a small portion of it here. But I really encourage you to open your Bible up between now and the next time we get together for something like this and read it yourself. If you need some guidance and direction and help on that, go ahead and reach out to me. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com, and fill out the contact form there, and I'll contact you back. But I uh, hope you all have a good rest of the week, and uh, until next time, God bless.